Well, I'm surprised for some reason. Don't ask me why I'm surprised that uh, yesterday, Thursday, we got word late after 5 o'clock that Donald Trump has been indicted on 30 counts by a Manhattan grand jury led by District Attorney Alvin Bragg in a Manhattan courtroom. And uh, I, I think maybe I'm surprised for a number of reasons. Number one, I could have sworn on Wednesday I saw a news report that said that the grand jury was taking a month off before reconvening uh, reconvening on these charges against Donald Trump. Now, maybe that's true, and I jumped to a conclusion. Maybe they did decide to indict and then took a month-long break. But uh, news of the break came out first. And also, I think I might be surprised because Donald Trump has been talking about this for the better part of, uh, of two weeks. And... You know, we're very impatient. We have short attention spans. And uh, I I think maybe since we first heard about it uh, almost two weeks ago and nothing happened until yesterday, I think a lot of us were uh, starting to think that uh, maybe Donald Trump was full of it. Maybe Donald Trump was doing this just as a desperate attempt at fundraising and re-energizing the base. But the fact of the matter is Donald Trump has been indicted on 30 counts and that indictment is still sealed. So we don't know exactly what the counts are, um, but we assume we have uh, a lot of evidence that points to um, him being indicted in connection with these $130,000 alleged hush money payments to Stormy Daniels uh, before the 2016 campaign to cover up a alleged affair they had, I think, back in 20, uh, 2006. And on top of that, falsifying documents, allegedly, to cover up those hush money payments. And when you hear 30 counts, it knocks you back a little bit because you think, oh, wow, he's being charged for 30 felonies or or uh, this is very serious. Um and that's what I thought, too. But I, I don't remember uh, which one of the cables I was watching. But they had a legal expert on saying that those 30 counts are, are does, doesn't necessarily mean that former President Trump is in more legal trouble than we originally thought. He used a great metaphor um, that said, all right, so if I steal your debit card, that's grand larceny. But... It's a new charge for every single time I use that debit card. So these 30 counts, if they are, in fact, connected to Stormy Daniels' hush money, um, then it could be they, they just paid the $130,000 in 30 different payments, and that's what the 30 counts are. So we'll see. I mean, I think, uh, number one, um, this, this uh, indictment is expected to stay sealed until next week. President Trump um, is expected to surrender himself to New York authorities uh, next Tuesday, possibly. But again, these timelines uh, are getting all jumbled up and, 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 and you know, things are getting messed up or, or misreported. So, so who knows? Who knows? But obviously the, uh, the state of New York, the city of Manhattan are bracing for possible uh, protests outside the, the courtroom. And um, it's going to be very interesting. It seems like uh, the state of New York and the Secret Service are coordinating with each other. 
Um, this is going to be the first time the Secret Service is is involved in anything like this, uh, from accompanying him to his surrender to accompanying him uh, getting fingerprinted. Uh, this is a little more complicated than just your normal run-of-the-mill white-collar accused criminal of going down to the courthouse and, and, and turning himself in. Now, this sets up a, an interesting showdown between Donald Trump and all his presumed 2024 um, primary um, opponents who are going to be vying for the Republican nomination in 2024 to run for president against presumably Joe Biden. And Ron DeSantis never misses an opportunity. He put out a statement the other day saying that he will not uh, cooperate with any extradition of President Donald Trump uh, if he needs to be extradited from Florida. Well, number one, Ron, nobody's asked you yet because there's been no evidence that uh, Donald Trump is not going to surrender peacefully. But, But Ron DeSantis has made a career out of making himself a hero uh, in situations that don't even exist. And Mike Pence was on CNN the other night coming out and, and denouncing this. And I think that's the politically uh, expedient move right here for Republicans, especially since this seems to be um, the the least of Trump's worries right now. Um, of course, he's dealing with uh, a special grand jury in the state of Georgia have recommended indictments uh, in connection to him calling up the Georgia uh, Attorney General back in 2016. I'm sorry, the Georgia Secretary of State. I apologize. The Secretary of State of of Georgia asking him to find enough votes to overturn the election. Uh, You still got the Mar-a-Lago classified documents investigation to find out exactly what kind of classified documents he took from the White House down to uh, his his resort in Mar-a-Lago and kept them uh, locked up in a closet in the basement. Um, that one, it turns out that Mark Meadows, his former chief of staff and a bunch of other high-ranking White House officials are being called uh, to testify, um, waiving Trump's executive privilege that he tried to invoke. And, of course, the January 6th. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Mark Meadows is Mark Meadows is going to be forced to testify in the January 6th probe um, to see what kind of role Trump had in inciting that protest that got out of control. And then Mar-a-Lago, um, Trump's lawyer, was, was um, ordered by a judge to turn over documents waiving attorney-client privilege, which is normally sacred. So I I apologize for that confusion. But my point is that that this charge here of possibly um, paying hush money to Stormy Daniels and trying to cover up, this is a jaywalking charge uh, compared to the other legal challenges Donald Trump is facing. So it's easy for Republicans to come out and, and denounce this as a witch hunt, even though none of us none of us know if this is a witch hunt or legit because none of us have seen the indictment yet. But but I think Republican candidates know that even though 
most Republican voters might not want Donald Trump to be president. They still love him. And that's why Ron DeSantis is getting out in front of this, making it look like he's becoming a champion for the president when nobody asked him to. In fact, I think that uh, I think that Donald Trump probably uh, is stewing over Ron DeSantis trying to win political points over this because this was supposed to be Donald Trump's uh, uh, boon here. This was supposed to be Donald Trump's um, fundraising boon. This was supposed to be Donald Trump's surge in the polls. And if he had his way, uh, he would probably want Ron DeSantis uh, to stay out of it. So we'll see. Uh, it's <laughs> like I said, Right now, the news is is crazier than anything that uh, you'll watch on Netflix, and I hope this stays peaceful. Uh, My prediction is on on this charge, if it is um, in connection to the Stormy Daniels payment and falsifying documents uh, to keep it quiet, if that's what he is indeed being charged with, I think he'll skate on this one um, with a misdemeanor at worst because... For it to rise to the level of a felony, the court, the prosecution is going to have to prove two crimes. So the first crime you prove is the hush money payment and falsifying documents to cover it up. That's the misdemeanor. The felony comes if you're trying to cover up the original cover up or you're using um, money from 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 the 2016 campaign. Um, or you tried to cover up the original cover-up. So it, it, long story short, in, uh, in order for Donald Trump to be indicted on a felony, uh, in this case, in this case, um, the prosecution is going to have to prove two crimes, and uh, that's probably not an easy task, in my uneducated, spent no time in law school opinion, just watching the news. All right, so uh, the Detroit Tigers yesterday um, lost their first game of the season 4 nothing to the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, most people, not going to say most people, a lot of people probably did not see it. And why did a lot of people not see it? Well, because um, cord cutters are becoming a bigger and bigger uh, contingent of consumers out there. Um, and if they don't pay... $19.99 for the Bally Sports app, they're not going to see a majority of Tigers baseball games. They haven't seen a majority of NBA um, Detroit Pistons games or Detroit Red Wings games. Now, for those that don't know, a cord cutter are, are people who no longer subscribe to traditional cable packages. Instead, um, they invest in higher speed internet for their homes and, and there's a whole bunch of streaming services that take the place of cable. There's, um, there's Hulu live, there's Fubo, there's sling TV, there's YouTube TV, which, which I have and Bally sports, uh, which either took over or bought Fox sports, Detroit took over the local broadcasts of the tigers, pistons and the red wings. And Bally Sports Detroit is still offered in basic cable packages, but it's not offered on any of these 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 streaming packages. So, on top of paying what I think it's like sixty to seventy dollars a month for YouTube TV, which is a great deal, uh, on top of uh, of paying that for for you know your 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 streaming television content. 
Bally Sports wants people to pay $19.99 for their app. And that is the wrong way to go, especially with Major League ballparks being empty. Major League Baseball is trying all these new rule changes. But but I'll tell you, you can change as many rules as you want. You, you can make um, extra innings a death battle between robots and man at, at the pitcher's mound. If people can't access these games affordably, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, what rules you change. And it, it's almost like these local sports teams are being held hostage by this app whose parent company went bankrupt back in March. And uh, it, it still is March, <laughs> earlier in March. And look, I'm not going to root for the bankruptcy of any company because those are lives, those are jobs that are affected. But I really wish I really wish they would just put the games back on local TV. I mean, it's no it's no surprise that a business with a business model like that is going bankrupt because number one, at least here in Detroit, who is going to play pay nineteen ninety nine a month to watch these teams? I, I mean, maybe back in the during the uh, hockey town Red Wings era, or the going to work Pistons, or even the uh, we own the what is it the Central the we own the Central Detroit Tigers. This business model may have worked because those were teams that people were passionate about and worth watching. But then again, if this business model was around for any of those eras, maybe those teams would not have become as beloved um, as and legendary as they have become over the course of history because you have less people watching. So, uh, and I mean, you look at the NFL. The NFL's king, right, amongst the sports leagues right now? That's because the NFL knows how to give their consumers what they want. First of all, except for the uh, the Thursday night game on Amazon Prime and Monday night football on ESPN, all their other games are on free TV. You do not have to pay an extra dime to watch the majority of their football games. On top of that, they offer you, uh, they offer you I, I guess I would classify it as add-on experiences with the NFL Sunday ticket where you pay to be able to watch any game that you want and Red Zone where you pay a premium and you pretty much have a host going all day showing you the, the, the most important plays as they happen. So the NFL gives their product away for free while also charging a premium for the experience and making a lot of money off that. And, uh, you know, the NBA, the NBA is not in any trouble when it comes to attendance or interest. But Major League Baseball is. And so is the NHL. I mean, the NHL has always kind of lagged behind, except for a few years in the late 90s here in the United States. And, and holding them hostage on an app that is about a third the price of, uh, of your, your total streaming television package, it's just, it's just a bad idea. And it's no surprise that uh, the parent company is going bankrupt. I hope that either they can get it get it back together by putting the games back on TV or another another company takes over and makes the games more accessible to the average fan. All right, so Melissa Joan Hart 
depending on if you're an elder millennial or an elder Gen Zer, you'll remember her from either Clarissa Explains It All on Nickelodeon back in its heyday, or you remember her from the TGIF smash hit Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Well, she has young children, and they live in Nashville. And she was affected quite personally by the shooting. Um, Was it Monday? Yeah, back on Monday. And uh, here she is on her Instagram. Hey, guys. um, For those of you that know, I live in Nashville and what's been going on here today. um, My kids go to school right next to a school where there was a shooting today. And um, we moved here from Connecticut where we were in a school a little ways down from Sandy Hook. So this is our second experience with a school shooting with our Um, kids being in close proximity. Luckily, we are all okay, but we did, my husband and I were on our way to school for conferences, and uh, luckily our kids weren't in today, and uh, we helped a class of kindergartners across a busy highway that were climbing out of the woods that were trying to um, escape the shooter situation at their school. So we helped all these tiny little little kids cross the road and get their teachers over there, and we helped a mom reunite with her children, and... um, I just, I, I don't know what to say anymore. It is just enough is enough. And um, just pray, pray for the families. You know, she brings up a, she brings up an interesting point. And this is a terrible trend that seems to be happening with more and more frequency. I remember watching the news soon after the MSU shooting in mid-February, February of 2022. And they were interviewing a student who attended Michigan State who also lived through the Oxford High School shooting back in November of 2021. And she said something. It was all over the promos here locally, and it it sent a chill down, down my spine. She said, we should not have school shooting veterans. Melissa Joan Hart brought up that she lived down the street from Sandy Hook when that happened. Her and her family moved to Nashville. She probably thought, hey, lightning's not going to strike twice in a lifetime. The kids who lived through Oxford, November 2021, probably never thought lightning would strike twice in their lifetime. And it did, and it is. It's almost like it's almost like these horror movies back in the 80s where there's a sequel and something terrible happens to the main character and then they move away and try to start a new life and it just just keeps happening again. Like I said on my, I I would call it uh, emotional and and somewhat ranty Wednesday episode that when it comes to these school shootings, there's more victims than just the dead and the injured. The victims are just about anybody who has had their sense of safety and security shattered, whether it's the safety and security of themselves or or people they love. And that's that's exactly what's happening to these folks who have to live through more than one mass shooting event. How do you go? How do you go anywhere after that and feel safe? 